Welcome to the Leader Smith Podcast. I am Dr. Kenny Embry. I'm going to be talking to Darren Gertis. I realize that he's usually the host of the show, but this is a collaboration that Darren and I wanted to give a whirl. And on my show, Balancing the Christian Life, we looked at the importance of failure. And Darren asked some incredibly good questions, uh, by the way, some of them I wrote, that uh, really kind of help unpack what failure does, mostly for Christians. But in this episode of The Leadersmith, we're going to be talking about the importance of risk. In a world of incompetent bosses, micromanagers, and petty tyrants, one management professor claims that he can help you become the kind of leader that you would want to follow. You are listening to The Leadersmith. Now, here is your host, Darren Gertis. So, Darren, how you doing, man? I'm just fine. Uh, it, it feels very weird. And this is a little bit of a risk because like, people could have turned it off as soon as they heard you. That's, that's exactly <laughs> right. <laughs> if my children were listening, yes, they would have turned it off immediately. Uh, I mean, they can turn it off as soon as they hear me, too. So, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, you hosted and you did a fabulous job of hosting my podcast. Uh, let's get practical. We were just talking about failure in part one of this conversation. Uh, let's talk about the precursor to failure, which is risk. You teach MBA students not to take risks. Don't lose money. Isn't that Warren Buffett's number one rule? It is. I mean, his, his rule number one is uh, don't lose money. Rule number two is see rule number one. Okay. <laughs> But yeah. that's not the same thing. Like in investing, yes, you want to minimize any downside. And mm -hmm. great leaders always are thinking about like how if if I do this thing, what's the downside? If they can minimize downside and do this thing, they'd go do the thing. Yeah. Right. So that's taking a risk, but it's a calculated risk. When I'm talking to my students about minimizing risk, I, I want them to think through what those things are. And then I want them to take like to invest in anything. You have to take a risk. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, but I've, I, you know, I've found that great. Like, like I've been studying great leaders for a long time. Yeah. And I, I, I wrote this ar uh, article about New Year's Day last year, not this past year. I only published it this year because I was too late getting it in. It was like a New Year's resolutions kind of thing. I, I'll put yeah. it below. Um, but one of the things that I found was that great leaders think about, you know, the synergy of a thing, what's going to happen. And it, you know, if there's not much downside, why, why not do it? Like Donald Trump. Yeah. Businessman, Donald Trump. Well, I, we can go politician as well, but business, I, I to tell two stories there as a businessman, like what did he have to do for the apprentice? They contact him and he shows up. He ad libs. Most of his thing says you're fired. Right. Yeah. Okay. You, no, you, what do you do? What do you do? What do you do? You're fired. And he yeah. gets paid millions of dollars for a few minutes of his time. And, uh, and, and they highlight all of his properties and show him and make, I make him look huge and larger than life. Right. They got value out of him, but it cost him almost nothing. It was very right. little risk. So I want you to take those kind of risks where you can make millions and millions of dollars and it cost you almost nothing. 
Yeah. That's what I mean by right. So if you're if you're calculating when he was looking at the presidency, he was asking Newt Gingrich and you get this out of Bill O'Reilly's book about uh, Donald Trump. Um, he's asking Newt Gingrich, like, how much does it cost to run through through a primary? Like, what, what, what am I looking at? Like he was getting the calculation. And then he actually said something like, oh, it's only that. Well, that'll be more fun than the yacht. <laughs> right. I mean, like that's the way he calculated it. So you have to think through what is the risk reward ratio and then right. take appropriate risks. So there's a place for it. You don't want to not have risk. You're never going to not have risks. That's just not reality. So you and I both have a podcast. I was just yeah. not very sure on mine. Yeah. In the summer, we started it. Okay. So I started mine in May. You started yours in June. Right. You probably went through a similar calculus that I went through. I said, what's the downside? What, what's, what's the worst that's going to happen? Nobody's going to tap me on the shoulder and say, I'm sorry, you only have X number of listeners. You must go home now. No. Right. As long as I can keep this up, as long as I can put it out, like nobody even has to listen to it. And yeah. there's, there's still no downside to me actually putting it out. Now, there is upside. What's the upside? So, so let me back up. Did you t go through that kind of calculus? Like, what's the downside? Uh, to a certain extent, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you have to maybe pay for hosting or, right. you know, a microphone or something like that. But after that, there's really no downside. Okay. What's the upside, though? Have you found upside? Because I have. Oh, heavens, yes. Yes. Yeah. So what has your upside been? Uh, and then we'll compare notes. Sure. I, I think one of the upsides is I, I am now seen in many circles as a thought leader on, on ideas that, that, quite frankly, are not mine. The other thing that, that is, is, and it was an unexpected upside, I have basically made friends of everybody I've talked to at this point. I, I would not hesitate to go back and call anybody at this point and, and, and you know, just, just ask them more questions. I think they, they recognize that I treated them fairly and they liked the, the end product. So, I mean, this is absolutely created relationships that I never knew I, number one, wanted, number two, needed, nor number three, I've gotten some opportunities that I never thought I would. Uh, you know, I was on, you, you did a conference, a, a leadership conference. I mean, in, in what world would anybody talk to me about leadership? Well, you did. And it was because you were on my podcast, quite frankly, also because we were casual acquaintances before this. But here's the thing for you and me, we became friends. We yeah. became actually very good friends uh, doing this because we were picking each other's brains about what we were doing. So I, I, I see the relational component. And to a certain set, I've already realized some financial. And by, by the way, I primarily went into this thinking, I'm going to get rich. <laughs> I, I Right now. Go ahead. Go Wait, ahead. That may take a while. Well, you know, it maybe. Right now, I make $60 a month off, off Patreon. Uh -huh. I, you know, th that is definitely not enough to retire, but, <laughs> um, the thing about it is, is the advantages that I thought that motivated me to do this are not the advantages that keep me in this. I mean, it's, it's kind of like marriage. Uh, I, I started off with one set of expectations about marriage, but the advantages of marriage are not the advantages that I thought about. But what, what about you? Yeah, so I was thinking through the same kind of path that you were you were talking about, and um, so I was on your show, and then that led us to co-writing a uh, an academic paper yeah. for the Southeast Case Research Association, which we're about to get hopefully published shortly. Yeah, um, and and things like that build like where you can't see what the advantages are going to be. Right. right. 
So if you can eliminate downside and then step into the thing, new problems or opportunities emerge that you did not see before. Yes. That also led to having you come to the uh, Excellence for Leadership Institute training that we that we hosted. You did an excellent job. By the way, we took that video. I'm telling the audience this, and you obviously know. We took that <laughs> audio and video and put that out as the podcast as well. That's Go back three episodes and you'll find parts one, two, and three of, mm-hmm. of what you did there, which was awesome. Like when you described leadership as relationship, do that for the audience right now. Again, just to <laughs> have, when you were talking about how communication is, is relationship. Remember, remember that? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I teach this every day, Darren. Two, three minute version of that. Yeah. I, I think we all want to know the tips and tricks to get an audience to eat out of your hand. And and by the way, those exist, and I can I can share any of those that anybody wants. But think about your mom, and if your mom got up there and she started giving a speech, and she butchered all the butchered all the statistics, and she and she uh, didn't uh, get all of her facts straight, and uh, what would what would you think about that at at the end of it? Well, you would see all everybody who loves your mom is going to say exactly the same thing, which is, I am so proud of her for trying. I am so proud of my mom versus the guy you cannot stand who gets most of their statistics right, most of their facts right, and they misplace a comma, they get one word wrong. And what are you going to focus Wait, on? Man, he, he, he forgot to add that comma. <laughs> That's right? exactly I mean, right. attack him. So it's all relationship. Yeah. And if you understand that in leadership, it changes everything. Yeah. yeah. And so, okay, I, I just wanted to put that little part out there because that, <laughs> that's so huge because really – I mean, we we think in terms of t- tips and tricks, but it just it all comes back to relationship. S H I P in leadership means relationship. Yes. Right. Yes. That's yes. that's the whole point. Okay. Yes. So at any rate, that led to that training. Um, so we couldn't see that coming. Yesterday, I got um, an email from somebody I'd never heard of, but they wanted to send me a, look. Look at this, Kenny. They wanted to send me a book, right? Because uh-huh. they listened to my podcast. And thought, hey, you know, maybe you would want to read this and like maybe you want to talk about it on your podcast. They're sending me free books. This is like crack for me. Right. <laughs> I, you, you couldn't I, I couldn't be more excited if I was a crackhead and you were a dealer. Right. Like, that kind of, like this is right up my alley. But yeah. I didn't expect it. I just yeah. happened to be doing what I was doing. And that's the thing. And it happens to be the second edition or the, the revised new edition of a book that I already use that I like have, I have my, my students doing something with one of these books and I'm like, yeah, um, send it to me. I'm all over it. Yeah. So you can't see what you can't see. Like I, right. I thought it would be different. Here's what you have to think about when you're thinking about risk. You put yourself out there. Don't worry about what other people are going to judge. Oh, somebody's going to judge me. I better withdraw. Yeah. No, don't do that because you're going to keep your gift inside. People, I can't remember who the person is who said the quote that you know most people die with their music inside them. Yeah, I don't remember, but I think that's true because we're afraid to take risks and put ourselves out there. I put myself out there. If you like it, great. If you don't like it, okay. I mean, that's not my problem. Right. Right, right, right. That's exactly right. Well, let me ask you that. I mean, this is which, what have you gotten the most reward out of? I mean, you talk about blogging, you talk about being, uh, having that network. What are you getting the most bang for your buck for? 
Okay. So this goes back to that same article that I was talking to uh, you about earlier, the, um, the New Year's article. So I wrote it two years ago. I finally published it last year <laughs> at New Year's just because like I was late to the game. Okay. But I had been thinking through what I had written about New Year's Day resolution kind of stuff. And then yeah. I was actually applying it for about a year. Um and it was called Rules for Resolutionaries. And one of the things I talked about was Trump. But another thing I talked about was synergy, right? I've gotten to a place where I start taking everything I do. I'm trying to make line up. So the one thing I do amplifies another, amplifies another. Mm -hmm. So I'm a professor. I don't plan on leaving being a professor. I like right. being a professor. If I won the lottery, I'd be in class next week. I'd pay somebody else to grade. Um, yeah. But I'd be in class with my students next week. So I like that. The podcast amplifies it. The things that I do on the podcast or the blog or the educational training or whatever I do, I'm trying to find, position myself in such a way that one thing I do gets – the things that I do in the, in the podcast make me a better professor and the things that I do in class make me a better podcaster. And so uh, I'm trying to find all the places where one thing will amplify another and amplify another. D does that make sense? That makes a lot of sense because what you're basically doing is you're basically, it sounds like you're building a brand and, and this idea that you are the brand and here are different ways to consume, well, this sounds weird, different ways to consume Darren Gertis. And, and that, <laughs> that does sound weird. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but, but that you're reaching your audience where they are instead of requiring your audience to come where you are. Is that, do you, do you agree with that? To agree, like I care about listeners. I want to have more listeners but I don't care that much if I have more listeners. Like I'm, I'm trying to speak to essentially the kind of person that would want to come, uh, that would be in my graduate business classes. Right. Like that's who I'm trying to talk to. I know that if I was trying to be a Kardashian, well, one, I'd be a lousy Kardashian, <laughs> but I would reach a much larger audience if I was right. talking about Kardashian-ish stuff. Right. Right. But I don't care about that. That's that's right. not at all important to me. I mm -hmm. care about making people better leaders. I end almost every episode with uh, a statement of, look, I hope this helps you become the kind of leader that you would want to follow. That's important to me. So, uh, you know, the other things, they, they don't really matter. Uh, and when you approach it that way, it changes the way that you, you do things. It, 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 your risk calculus changes. Yeah. Because that's okay if the audience isn't that big, as long as these are people who want to learn and grow, and I'm happy to help them. Yeah, yeah. But you've talked a lot about this already. Can you think of a, a big risk that you had that, that you did take that, that, that might have been recent? Yeah. Um, so la uh, the last couple of weeks, I sent out a uh, appeal, and you got one of these for. Hey, look, I, I said. Um, if it was, let's say, on LinkedIn or I have a Facebook community where um, we have about a thousand some odd people that are just talking about leadership stuff, like yeah. anything leadership is, she is on the table. Let's just talk about that. People will post other things and I remove it. You know, I'm just trying to keep it talking about leadership. But I send them an appeal saying, look, I know we're not necessarily tight. You didn't get that version because we are right. <laughs> but I know we're not we're not really close connections, but I'm thinking about starting a one minute newsletter email newsletter uh about leadership 
and I would really appreciate your opinion. And so I asked him things like, okay, so I think it would add value if we had like a really interesting leadership quote. I think it would add value if then I had some measurable um, action steps about what to do for the week. And yeah. I think it would add value if we had resources, you know, further resources, if you wanted to go beyond that. And what other ideas do you have? What, you know, do you like the name? I think I was going to call it something like one minute to becoming a better leader now. And then I also thought at the same time, and I was trying to figure out like, how do I start this thing? But I thought, Hey, why don't I let them, if they like it, let them, you know, you know, uh, leave their name and email and text, uh, information. And so I did that. And so I sent it out until Facebook and LinkedIn cut me off and they did multiple times. Okay. So I sent this out to lots of people, right? A couple thousand, like uh, I, I know I'm north of a thousand, probably close to 2000. I have two, 2000 or 200 some odd responses. Um, so I, I so it started a, a, an email list where I'm going to now try, try, and I, you know, maybe I'll fail. Maybe, I don't know, but I'm going to try to get a one minute, like you should be able to read everything in one minute and then want to come back next week to open the next, like next time I send it out, want to open it. My goal is that I'm within my one minute and then that next time you see that in your email, you're like, Oh, I'm looking forward to this. Right. Yeah. That's the goal I set out for myself. But the criticism that I got for it, like, <laughs> well, you're just trying to build your funnel. You're just trying to build your list. You're just, okay. Look, I already told you, I know we're not tight, but if you're, I would appreciate your participation in this. And so I've, I got back and forth with a couple of people, like just trying to explain, okay, look, you know, I figure one, if you're not interested in leadership, you're not talking to me. You're going right. to ignore it and go on with life. That's okay. If you are interested, I'd appreciate your, I legitimately am trying and I'm going to change a couple of things based on some of the feedback. Right. So, but you, you, anything that you do, you're going to get some criticism for. And so, but it's a calculated risk. Is it worth enough to be able to provide value? And this is the way I look at it. I'm trying to provide value to other people in as helpful a way. This is another strict, just like my classroom's one, my podcast is another, um, doing doing those uh, those little education pieces is another. Here's another very simple way that I can reach out into that community. Well, I'm, I need to build that list in order to, to have more effect. And yeah. then I have to be really precise in under a minute and leaving you so that you want to open it next time. I know that. Yeah. But they criticize. <laughs> but let me ask, what is the real criticism there? Yeah. So people are like, well, this is just a backdoor way of building your list. And you're, you're just, you know, like I'm a shyster. No, I'm a professor and I know what I'm talking about. Right. I don't know where you come from, but, but I really do have legit value add to bring to people. Now, here's the thing. Remember I was talking about synergy, yeah. those quotes, the end of every episode of my podcast, what do I do? do, you, do you, I mean, you've listened to some of these. I end with a quotation for yeah. contemplation. And right. the quotation for contemplation will give me what I need. So I have all these quotes. I have like 200 of these built up over time, these leadership yeah. quotes, that that's what I'm going to be using. So, okay. that I, mean, I know that that's what I'm going to be doing. In So... I'm not worried about that because I can pop the quote right in creating the action steps. I know I have to limit myself. I can do that. Yeah. So it won't be hard. Uh, I just have to be judicious. M by the way, my first quote, I think it's going to be vanilla ice. 
<laughs> oh, yeah. I can get a, a leadership quote out of Vanilla Ice. How about that? <laughs> You're a better man than I am. I'm just going to go there. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to make it happen, Captain. I'm telling you. Well, the, the other thing, let, let me let me answer a little bit of this for you, because I think one of the things that I would say about those guys who are criticizing you, um, look, it's nothing stopping them. And let's say that you are just doing this for a click funnel. Let's say yeah. that is your entire motivation. Worst case scenario, let's say. Yeah, let, let's just say that that is the entire motivation. Okay, that means you're probably not going to create value for your audience, which means nobody's going to participate in that in, in that funnel. Yeah. So if you create nothing that your audience needs or wants, you're going to fail. You're just not going to do right. it. That's exactly if on right. the other hand, you're giving value, getting value out of that, quite frankly, is is the a good steward does that. Yeah. What you're trying to do is take a really good message mm -hmm. and multiply it. That I mean, look. From balancing the Christian life, what I would say is, we got a great message. Why aren't we multiplying this more? Yeah. yeah. So, and and it, part of it comes down to your motivation. Yeah. Like, yes, my motivation is to build a list, but my motivation is first to add value. And so yes. I'm even thinking about how do I create this newsletter because I'm trying to figure out how do I add more value. That's the yeah. podcast. How do I add more value? That's the the uh, the earlier trainings I was talking about. That's the value. And if right. you go into it with a I'm not going to say a pure heart because I know we're all fallen sinners, whatever. But I mean, if you go into it with a heart inclined toward how do I add value, it leaks. It's like when you when you look at somebody and you really care about them, your yes. message changes than when you don't like them and you say the exact same words. Somehow they know. Yeah. Somehow they can exactly tell right. the difference. Like if yeah. you know that I really care about you, like my students, if you know I really care about you, you receive it differently than if you think, oh, he's just trying to get through his his semester. That's exactly right. Yeah. And and honestly, I think the naysayers in this situation are just quite frankly jealous that they're not doing it themselves. That uh, they may be. I I mean I don't know why you'd be worried about it. Like if that, if you were really worried about it, why even broach it? Just be like, ignore. Yeah. yeah. No, thank you. You could just say, no, thank you. So, yeah. so is that a failure? Well, it is for that person, but I was never going to have, I was never going to talk to that person. That, that yeah. person doesn't want to hear from me. That's right? exactly right. So I can speak to people that actually do want to hear from me. And, but now when I get there, I have to be really disciplined about staying within my minute. Yeah. Right. And I yeah. can do that. Um, but I'm speaking to that audience that said, sure, I, I'm looking forward. And it was comforting that a number of them wanted to uh, say, hey, I'm looking forward to this. And I appreciate that. By the way, here's another uh, lesson related to what you were just talking about. Mm -hmm. You were talking about all communication is relationship. Yeah. This was relationship. You know who, who, who signed up the most? People that know me well. Yeah, that's exactly right. right. So to the degree that you know me and heard about this thing, you signed up. To the, and there are other people that signed up too that like I don't know except for you know distantly from my LinkedIn connections and I'll, I'll take anybody who doesn't look like a prostitute or a terrorist or whatever in LinkedIn, <laughs> right? I mean, that's right. As, as long as they're fully clothed, they don't look like they're shady or whatever. You know, come on, be be my connection. Let's let's network. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So anyway, uh, you, you were asking questions. I got way off on a rabbit trail, and then a rabbit trail off a rabbit trail off a rabbit trail. <laughs> But we're chasing rabbits on your show that no, you're no, allowed to do that. That's fine. Uh, 
my obviously my show is balancing the Christian life. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of defense would you give about risk taking from a Christian perspective? Yeah, so I think you you have to. Um, I think that you know, even when God says uh, or Christ says to us to go out and to make disciples, He's not saying you must be hundred percent successful. You, right. you have to. There's there's a risk in that. There's a now he's not telling you to be the prosecutor. This is really important. Okay, you're not supposed to go. You're bad because whatever. No, you're a witness of what God has done for you. Yeah, and you let the Holy Spirit be the prosecutor to speak to him. Like God's a big God. He he can draw that person to himself if he wants to. And if he if he chooses to use you as a testimony along the way, great. You are to be that that testimony. That's it. But you're supposed to take that risk. And let the chips fall where they may. So don't don't yeah. worry about that. Um, I you know I I was thinking of a quotation for contemplation coming up because I knew we were going to be talking about risk. And I found this great line from uh, Charles Haddon Spurgeon. Spurgeon was like the the yeah. preacher of preachers um, from a, a century ago, and he said, "They who navigate little streams and shallow creeks know but little of the God of the tempests." But they who do the business in great waters, these see his wonders in the deep. Wow. So if you if you're unwilling to take any risk and get out of the the narrow streams, you're never going to experience all that there is to experience of God. And I think that's true with any risk. You experience so much more when you step out like you were describing into your podcast or, or into that new job or into that, you know, next whatever that it is marriage we were talking about i have six kids i'm in a whole different place than i was when i was a single guy like yeah. it's i i couldn't if i tried to explain it to my 29 year old self before i got married <laughs> i think my 29 year old self would be like mm, <laughs> right i mean it's a whole different thing but you're you have to step into that thing before and and risk is something where you have to step into it to experience it. You can, you can intellectually only know so much and you got to stop before you block yourself from not doing it by trying to understand everything. Yes. Yes. And we want to understand like everything like, well, what happens after that? And after that, and after that, don't worry about what happens 20 steps, 27 steps down the line, worry about tomorrow's step. And then you will either get, the solution that you're going for, or you will get the next question, but it will emerge. I think one of the things that you and I probably agree on is great leaders have, have a, have a, uh, often a, a, a third sense for trends and, and, and kind of, you know, what two or three steps down the line might look like. Uh-huh. But the other thing that they have is an amazing ability to pivot when step three wasn't what you thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have to. Yeah. You have to adjust and improvise and adapt. Why are why are good leaders so good at that? <laughs> because they're willing to step. They've they've gotten practice stepping into it, and once they step into it, they like I said, you either get a solution, whatever comes next, you get a solution, or you get the next question, and then so but. If you have been trying to stay in your your zone of comfort, your your zone of safety, you don't have that practice doing it. Look, why is it? It's almost like you're asking by way of analogy. It's almost you're asking like, why is a good basketball player good at sinking free throws? Because he keeps practicing. Yeah. When I asked my track coach in high school, Coach Serrano, how do I run faster? He said, run faster. 
You keep doing it. No, seriously. That's what he told me. You run faster. You push yourself. And as you push yourself, guess what? You you grow. You become more. Yeah. Are you familiar with Carol Dweck? Sure. Uh, mindset. Mindset. That's exactly right. right. And, and one of the things she talks about in her book is um, people who are stuck. In other words, I am a failure or I am failing now. I, I'm not good at this versus I'm not good at this yet. And, so and it's, it was an I am versus what? What was the other, the alternative? Because the I am is like a, a fixed mindset. But the, that's right. What was the other term? You remember? I, no, I don't remember. But I, I do remember like, that. I, I will be or I can or something yeah. along those lines. I can't remember what the language was, but it it's not your identity that this is what I am. It's just more of like, well, what could be? What could emerge out of this? And if you think in those terms, absolutely step into it. Right. And I think I think you would agree with this. I think great leaders recognize they're not good at a lot of stuff. And oh, they don't they don't mind saying, you know what, I, I just really stink at this. I wonder how we I wonder how we get good at this. Yeah, I don't know if they're humble or some some are humble. And they, they can say it like that. And some just don't want to do stuff. And they're like, nah, I don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> and then they realize, I don't want to do that. So the lazy man's way is like, let's get Jimmy over here to do this and Sarah to do that and whatever else. And then they, they wind up in their strong suits and they're only singing their nine and ten notes, their, their high notes, right? Instead of trying to do a four here and a three here and a nine there and a what, right? They they don't try to do everything. I think right. when, you, when you take risks, you have to take risks into – your areas of competence. You're not trying to be well-rounded. Like Drucker will tell you, don't do that. And the, right. the effective executive, don't try to you know completely be well-rounded. Try to be co- reasonably competent enough to get by on everything, and then be really deep in something. And that's that's where you want to take your take all these risks. In other words, is this what you're saying? Recognize your strengths, and then recognize your weaknesses exploit your strengths and outsource your weaknesses. Yeah, that's exactly right. And that's what Drucker will tell you. And that's what uh, Strengths Finder will tell you and, and, and all the other good books related to uh, strengths and weaknesses. Yeah. I mean, you have to have just a bare, like I have enough <laughs> in my MBA, I had an accounting class, right? Where I had to learn the basics of accounting. I'm not sure how much I know, but I know enough to know what I don't know and where I would need help. And that's, that's all I need. Like you would not want to put me into an accounting class. I, I'm not right. going to teach that class, but I can thrive in my management classes and do an excellent job with those students. Um, and so you just have to know yourself and know what it is that you're good at, what you're not good at, and then build on that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that that makes a lot of sense. Um, what advice would you give your listeners about taking risks, especially in spite of potential failure? Yeah, do it. Do it now. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Seriously, Nike, just do it, right? Yeah. Or um, W. Clement Stone used to tell his people, he like one of the reasons for his success was he was always telling them, do it now. Do it now. Do it now. Now, understand first, before you do it now, just if there's, if especially if there's almost no downside or very little downside, like, okay, um, <laughs> you don't want to take a risk that's going to be like betting the farm like all the time. You just don't do that. Okay. Right. Now some, there, there might be an appropriate place for that. 
But if you can see that there's not going to be a lot of downside, go do that thing. As long as it lines up with your strengths and weaknesses or, you know, your, your strengths, not your weaknesses. And, and you're able to, you know, go do like if you want to start a podcast and you've been wondering about that, uh, I mean, I was talking to the, there's a there's a podcast now called Leadosophy. You can go Google that as well uh, and uh, just look it up. He's he's on like 30 episodes now. So we started that because now when I say we started, it, I was talking to him in a Zoom meeting. We we're going to talk about something else, and he's, we're waiting for other people to show up. Nobody else showed up. Right. And so we're just, uh, so we're, we're talking about this. It was something about something leadership issue that we we're going to be talking about in a Zoom meeting with some others. And it was just Tim Woody and I and we we're just talk, talking. And so Tim was talking about, yeah, you know, I want to start a podcast. Well, great. I'm going to introduce you. This is our first episode. And so I introduced him. I started working through this. Hey, this is the first episode of whatever. And we started talking or uh, actually I had him introduce me. And then we started talking. I'm saying, I'm going to be your first guest. Let's do it. Can that thing put it out there? He started, but he's on episode whatever he's on now because he started. Go yeah. start. That's the key. Yeah. You, you yeah. can't, you like, um, was it Ford that said nobody ever became famous for what they were going to do? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so start. That, that's the key. Take the risk. Go out. What would it have hurt him? Like, he's not going to die. Right. It could, I mean, oh no, what will people think? So what? We've already been over that ground. So just go do that thing. Why don't people just do that thing? They're scared. They're, st they're, they're afraid of failure. They're afraid of being judged. They're afraid of what if I'm not good enough? You know, one of the things that I appreciate about 2020, you know, my last, ep it's not necessarily my last episode here. Um, one of my most more recent episodes was happy birthday COVID. Okay. That sounds terrible, <laughs> but like, you know, when you think about that, it was about a year ago that, you know, we, everything shut down in 2020, 2021, what we learned was it was, it was terrible, right? A person died a minute from COVID. It's terrible. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't wish it on anybody, but there's a silver lining to that dark cloud. And that is, we don't have to have everything perfect. Like the guy from the daily show is, you know, interviewing people from his couch yeah. on zoom. Well, yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm in my home office. I can do that. And yeah. so step into that thing. It's okay. You don't have to be perfect. Just go step into it. If we, th I've asked this on, uh, in my Facebook group, in my Facebook leadership group, it's uh, mm -hmm. Facebook backslash groups, backslash learn leadership. Come join us. Okay. Yeah. So I've learned that there. Um, I put out something saying, what is your potential? If your potential is a 10, where do you, how are you living to your potential? What, give me a number of where you are relative to your potential. It's amazing how many threes and fours are out there and, and they're being honest, right? right? Because they're really not living. They're not stepping into what they could be stepping into. I don't know that podcasting is the end of my potential. I hope it's not. I mean, I, I hope I have some other things that I can contribute to life and society and, and leave a mark. Um, but I know that before I was doing this, this was more than what I was doing. So here I am having some effect some and, and people will tell me periodically hey you know i listened to that and you told me this and that really helped and great i'm glad that i can add value to your lives that's the point but step into it because you're you're keeping others from potentially good stuff that they could that that could better them because you're afraid
Don't do yeah. that. Yeah. Well, okay. Let me give you a few of them. I don't have the time. Uh-huh. I don't have a microphone. I'm not going to be very good. I know I'm not going to be very good. Um, this is, th- there are a lot of parts of this that I don't understand. This is something that other people are good at, but I know in comparison, I will really stink at this. Okay. So here's, here's what I would say to that. One, n- neither Kenny nor I are any good, right? I mean, like, <laughs> like well, you should have seen it like early on, particularly you, and you're, you're, First podcast is going to be your worst podcast. Let's just sure. say with the podcast theme, right? Let's yeah. let's say that that's what it is. Okay, so you're not going to be any good. Okay, or what you can do is work with somebody. Look, it would be great. I would love to have uh, um, a co-host, perhaps uh, that would be asking questions, so we could interact. That would be a great thing. There, there are people out there that would love that that you could work with. Now, I do most of them myself. Because like you, I talk for a living. So it's not that hard for me to just turn the thing on and start going. But it's okay. Your microphone could cost you a hundred bucks. Even if you didn't have a microphone, if you start doing it with just your iPhone, you can make that work. Uh, Now, it's not the greatest sound quality. You might have to, you know, find some software to get rid of the background sound or whatever. Okay. But if you work with somebody, and here's, here's another thing I found. I posted this yesterday. I'm really struck by the power of relationship. Right. I spent um, the first 20, 25 years of my life. Uh, if you can see my background on audio, on audio, you can't in on video. You can see my background. I'm in my home library and that's where I do my podcast. I, I'm surrounded by books. Mm-hmm. I spent the first 25 years of my life trying to make myself better. Right. Like trying to make myself as as useful and valuable to others as possible. That's that that's been what I've done. Now, there's an economic principle here. You grow an economy through two means. And it's not by a 1.9 billion dollar uh package. <laughs> that's that's not it. That's actually going to hurt us uh economically in the long run, but okay. Yeah. You grow your economy by two means. Greater production and free trade. So what I spent the first 25 years of my life doing was greater production of me, like mm-hmm. making into increasing my in economic terms, my, my, uh, human capital. Okay. Value, so yeah. I've learned a lot. Okay. But the other thing, and I've only learned this slowly and recently is free trade. And that is that I work with other people to get things done. Right. How awesome is that? We, yeah. our book chapter, how, how easy was that for you to do your <laughs> part, me to do my part. We submitted the thing. Bam, we got it done. Yeah. You know, right? So, but I was working with you. If I was trying to do that chapter all by myself, it would have been a lot more taxing. Yeah. If you were trying to do it all by yourself, including the submission and all that other stuff, it would have been a lot more taxing. But I could do my parts, you can do your parts. And when we work together, guess what? So cooperate to graduate, work with other people. Um, Years ago, I studied uh, a number of famous authors. Okay. So, Covey and Maxwell and Ken Blanchard and uh, you, you name the who's who of leadership. Ken Blanchard is the model, man. Ken Blanchard, how many books does he write by himself? Almost no. nothing. But yeah. he's got like 50 books to his name because he co-writes with other people who, you know, he they do a lot of, you know, uh, the storyline and he works out his pieces of the puzzle and bam, he's got something. Work with other people. Yeah. That's a way of minimizing risk. 
So I'm telling you, just do, so here, here's what I want you to take away. Minimize the downside. If you can minimize the downside, just do it and work with other people if you don't know how. That's it. That's that's the story. In fact, you could have just skipped all the way to the end here right now and just listened to the last few minutes and from this point and you would have gotten it. That That's it. What about the taste question? Ira Glass, I don't know if you know who Ira Glass is, but he's he, he does uh, This American Life. Are you familiar with that? Yeah, sure, the, sure. Ira Glass said the problem with most of us is as we start, especially doing audio and things like that, uh, our problem is that our talent is not nearly as good as our taste and that we we recognize that what we want to get done is, quite frankly, outside of our skill set, that we know what we're producing is not as good as we would like for it to be. How do you get past that? Run faster. You want to run faster? Run no, seriously. If you yeah, want to right. run faster, run faster. Coach Serrano, I publicly thank you for that because that has got got me a long way in life. Right? You have to keep at it. You have to grow. You didn't be Ira Glasser didn't become Ira Glasser from the you know when he was twenty. Like Ira Glasser of fifty is going to be a very different product than what he was at twenty right. because he kept at it. So keep at it, and you get you keep at it by starting. So do it now. Yeah. This isn't rocket science, right? I mean, <laughs> just start and then keep improving. If you were to give yourself advice, uh, if you were if you were to look at yourself at at twenty five, what do you wish you would have known then that you know now? Well, I just told you about relationships because I came very slowly to that thing. Look, you know, the, I, I came across this thing some time ago: what the rich tell their children, what the middle class tell their children, and what poor people tell their children about you know how life works. Like the poor poor communities, they're telling their children like, "Hey, get get this free stuff, right?" And yeah. they keep staying locked in that kind of cycle. Get that free aid or free whatever. Middle class are telling you, "Go study hard, get a good job." If you can see on the video version of this, you look behind me. It's nothing but books, right? Yeah. I was squarely in that middle class. What are the rich? People telling their children relationships. It's all about relationships. Network, make connections. I had a good friend I was just meeting with last week. His dad told him, told him, if you get a job when you go to college, I'm going to severely discipline you. Do not get a job. Make friends. <laughs> wow, that. yeah. that's mind blowing. And everybody knew this guy. Like everybody from my era in my college knew this guy. Make friends. That was his job. Right, that, that is, really is freaking brilliant. Yes. So that's, I mean, there's a, such a difference between try to get that free stuff. It's almost like the difference between you, you know, increase your income as opposed to save more, clip coupons. Right? No, they're two totally different ways of thinking. And right. here's three different ways of thinking. And I wish that I had been uh, steeped in this idea of relationships, and because really, who you know, like you were talking about, everybody that is on your podcast will talk to you. Great. You know, I and that they're going to amplify my abilities. I mean, these people that I know that I can work with as opposed to me trying to do it all by myself. Yeah. Yeah. So that that there's safety in relationship and that minimizes the risk of risk. And with that, I'm going to end with our quotation for contemplation, which is this. Yeah. Oh, you uh, you have one. I've got one. I've got one. Yeah. Nobody else with. I know. And this is from Walt Disney, and he says, the way to get started is to quit talking and begin doing. Oh, yeah, I love that. that. Isn't that great? <laughs> yeah. 
the, yeah. the way to get started is to quit talking and what? Begin doing. And begin doing. Man, that's that's just awesome. Do it now. Do it. Yeah. Just just do it. Well, that's hey, Matthew, I really appreciate you being willing to be the guest um host so that I could be interviewed and we could do this. And uh you're welcome on this podcast at any time. Well, and the same goes for you too, Darren. This has been so much fun. I have enjoyed this a lot. <laughs>